0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby I say the cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup. Throw a leg over the kennel, take a deep seat and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on, what you waiting on? Let's go. all right so so uh, good morning everybody. Um, Sean said that, that Kevin's had a rough week uh, he went, he was He was actually feeling his abdo- abdominal abominable pain abdominal <laughs> abdominal pain abominable put that down um he was feeling that during his sermon last sunday uh and and he was getting pains and and if you go back and watch it you can see where the pains are when he when he'd say a word he uh, uh. he wasn't just flexing his abs for you guys so uh and so you know he i mean that's cowboy there he, you know he stuck it out and he got through it and then sunday afternoon afterward he he really knew something was wrong, so so that's when he went to the hospital, and wound up uh, having a procedure done on Monday, and then he had some he he wound up with a superficial blood clot in his arm and some swelling there, and, and they didn't wouldn't let him go, and and uh, then some other minor you know things going on, and they kept him in there, and so you can you can imagine, uh, I, I I imagine him as an impatient patient, and in, and. In, I I think he was very nice to the people, but he wanted out of there pretty bad. And so when I went to see him Thursday, you know, he looked pretty good. The only change was uh, he was skinny. (laughs) With with pancreatitis, you can't eat. So uh, he went from 90 pounds to 80 pounds, I think. Um, But I felt truly blessed because when I got in there, they had just finished with his sponge bath, and I didn't have to witness that, so... It was awesome, and uh, you know I used to really think Kevin was a generous, giving guy, and until I went to look to see him Thursday, he wouldn't share any of his morphine with me. Not not a little bit. I mean, he was so damn stingy with it. Uh, so, you know, now now I've had to change my tune on him a little bit. But but he's doing he's doing good. He's at home watching. Um, and, uh, you know, I just want to tell him that I love you, brother, and, and, and hope you're back here soon. Um, so when, when, I, <coughs> when I agreed to become the director of Save the Cowboy, I had one stipulation, and that was that I never had to preach. <laughs> Three months later, four months later, it didn't even last that long. So here I am. <coughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a preacher, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a minister, um, I'm just someone who's trying to fill a need today uh, you know so I think the best way to do that is to just throw in a bunch of y'alls every every chance I get and then and then you're gonna just feel at home you're gonna think it's Kevin up here so so y'all get ready that that word just tastes bad <clears throat> anybody got gum y'all got gum so so uh, <laughs> when a few years ago, back when I was about 20, uh, I uh, I was working for a rancher, and, and we were out all day long moving cattle. We were in the middle of a, a pretty bad drought in Montana, and, and we'd had a, uh, a bunch of cows out, kind of a big bunch of cows in, in one pasture, and, and the water holes were drying up, and the wells were going dry, <clears throat> and so we were out all day. Gathering cattle, sorting them off, trying to get cattle—you know—a little bunch of cattle to each little water hole so that so that they didn't die of thirst. And never mind, there wasn't much feed; they they just weren't getting any water. And so we'd had a long, rough day, and, and on the way home, we we stopped at a little bar to have a hamburger, and because uh, that's where all the good food is in Montana. And and so we're sitting there at the bar, and, and we're just quietly eating eating and having a beer, even even though I wasn't old enough to drink. The bartender. In those days, they they felt like if you did a man's work, you you should be able to have a beer at the end of the day, and so uh, we're just sitting there minding our own business. And and there was a couple of young fellows in there, a little older than I was, that were uh, dressed you know all dressed in their hats and their boots and 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 looking like cowboys. And they were kind of loud and obnoxious. And and pretty soon, uh, a couple of pretty girls came in, and they were tourists from out of town. And it was tourist season in Montana. And and they come in there and, and uh, so they sat down and of course these two these two other guys are you know like like moths to a flame over by these girls and i, I overheard one one girl say are, are you guys real cowboys and of course they, one guy gets his chest all up and he, yeah yeah i rode a bull last week and did some of this and some of that and so we're me and me and my boss were just sitting there quietly and and so this starts going on and on, how this guy's bragging about what a hand he is and things like that. And, and my boss, who was a very quiet, humble man, who, who didn't say a whole lot, uh, it, it, about 30 minutes of it finally got to him, and he couldn't keep his mouth shut any longer. And so he, he turned to the guy, and, and these guys, were, we were sitting here, and they were just a couple stools down, and he turns and he, and he says, so you're a real cowboy? The guy said, oh yeah. He says, well, wh- what outfit you working for? And The guy says, "Outfit." Yeah, well, what outfit are you working for? If if you're a real cowboy, you you must be working for one of the big ranches around here. And the, and the young fellow says, "No, I I don't work for a ranch." <clears throat> and the guy says, "Well, do you have horses?" The guy says, "Yeah." He says, "No, but I ride horses." And so this guy says, "Well, I got I got a really nasty bronky three-year-old that that's that's uh, really mean, and and I need someone to to." To start him, would you want to do that for me? The guy's like, uh, "No, I don't want to do that." And so my boss says, "Well, you said you're a bull rider, so you must know a lot about bulls." He said, "How many, how many cattle, how many cows should I uh, put my yearling bulls with in this rough country? How many, how many can they breed?" And the guy's like, "I don't know." Well, what kind of what kind of EPD should I use for for on a bull for breeding heifers and you know on an Angus bull the young kids like I don't even know what you're talking about and so he so he so he kept asking questions and, and the guy didn't know any of them and 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 finally the bartender couldn't take it any more and he just burst out laughing he said ladies he said this is the difference between a real cowboy and a wannabe okay so you've all heard that term real real cowboy versus wannabe okay <clears throat> so I, I get asked all the time, "Are you a real cowboy?" Well, well, what does that mean? Does anybody know the definition of a real cowboy? Has anybody read it? I bet if I asked you guys, I'd get—I don't know—there's a couple hundred people here. Maybe I bet—I bet I'd get a couple hundred different answers about what a real cowboy is, and and everybody seems like their different definition of a real cowboy is would include them, right? It, it, they would make sure that it included them in, in that picture. And so, I, I checked in the dictionary, in and in a, in a cowboy is a man on horseback who herds and tends cattle on a ranch, usually in the West, okay? So, that goes along with the old traditional, um, kind of old-time or traditional thoughts of what a, what a real, real cowboy was. in in those days, uh, a cowboy didn't get off his horse. He, he didn't have to do any of the what they considered menial jobs on a ranch. They didn't have to do the feeding, the farming, the irrigating, fixing fence, any of this stuff. They were strictly horseback. And so, and so the term cowboy is king came from that. They were, they were above everybody else uh, physically because they were on a horse and, and also in status because, because they didn't have to do any of that, that other work. Well, in this day and age, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of those places around. Where, where you just get to be horseback, where, where, you're, where you're never doing anything on the ground. And uh, <coughs> so so real cowboy probably has changed. The, the definition of real cowboy has changed. And you know most most people that, that uh, decide to cowboy for a living find out really soon what the costs are. There, there's going to be a cost to, to making that decision. And and it's a it's a big cost. It's going to cost you in your income. It's going to cost you in your health. It's going to cost you with your family because you're never going to see them. And so, uh, when when you start talking about real cowboying, to me that's what it is. Um, you're going to have to give up some things to do that. You're going to have to give up a lot of things if if you decide to do that. Um, there's going to be a cost. And and so. My definition today of of a real cowboy is someone who's decided to go ahead and follow that lifestyle. Okay, and you can do that in a lot of different ways. It doesn't mean you have to go work, go to Oregon and and you know get a buckaroo job. Um, all it means is, is you need to to have the values, the ethics, and and the desire to learn about what the cowboying lifestyle is. Uh, my my neighbor Mike, he, he's he's um, loved the lot cowboy lifestyle his whole life. He just hasn't had a chance to live it, and so he's retired now, and he has a chance to live it. And he's out there, and he's like he's like a sponge. I mean, he he uh I got to use sponge twice today. Sponge bath and sponge. Uh, Some <laughs> of my mind worked. I anyway. Uh, He's soaking up the information, so so even though he's he's new to this, and and he's you know middle aged, he uh, he's no less of a real cowboy than me or anybody else. I mean, so so he's got the right mindset. So to me, that's what it is. It's it's the mindset of of wanting to do that and 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 not worried about giving up the cost or, you know, cowboying isn't convenient. It never is. The 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 Comanche Creek didn't flood, you know, on on our schedule so that so that we could make sure that the the fences were cut and and the cattle were out of there, and all that it just happened, and we had to deal with it last week so so if, so if a cowboy is someone who's truly trying to follow the lifestyle which most of us in here are or you wouldn't be here then then what 's a wannabe okay uh, to me a wannabe is is the, they're, they're the people that that want the benefits of of being a cowboy without having to to suffer any of the cost they put the hat on they dress that way they talk the right way but uh, but it doesn't cost them anything they can they can they can uh, pretend without without worrying about it because a lot of people wouldn't know the difference um, the 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 fellas that I knew growing up a lot of them said they wanted to be cowboys but none of them were ever willing to to take that step and go and do it, they said, "Oh, it's too hard. Can't do it." But they still wore their hat and they still talked the talk, but they never could walk the walk. Um, if your heart isn't in it, then then you're not a cowboy. It's that simple. It, it's you you you've got to have your heart, your soul in it, and and want to do that. So so basically, uh, the real cowboy is is trying to follow the lifestyle, and a wannabe is isn't. They're they're just a poser. Okay. So when we, when we go to the Bible and we start talking about real versus wannabe, now we're talking about Christians. And, and in Matthew chapter 15, uh, so Jesus is, is having a discussion with some Pharisees, and the Pharisees were the, were the Jewish religious leaders and, and the leaders in the land, and they, they knew all the customs and all the laws, and, and, and they were having an argument. And, and the Pharisees were were mad at Jesus because he wasn't upholding their laws and neither were his disciples. They were, they were uh, going about things in a way that didn't, didn't mesh with what the Pharisees' laws were. And the Pharisees were like, well, well how can you go and do this and, and claim that you're from God and not follow these laws? And, and Jesus' response to them was, this is uh, Matthew chapter 15, verse 8. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man made ideas as commands from God. So these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. That that's a poser, right? That's someone who's got the clothing, they've got the they've got the hat, they've got everything, they know the words, but they're a wannabe. They they're 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 up there they're now these Pharisees, they did they did put a lot of work into, into learning the the Jewish law, but the problem was is they had decided to add to that and take away from it at their own at the you know and 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 make it there so that for control and and for status and so uh so even though these were the religious leaders they they weren't interested in following what jesus was teaching at the time they were uh they were more interested in in the look rather than what was in their heart and so uh so that was an example of of in that time of, of of what a wannabe would be, and so then we go on and and we go to Nick, to John chapter three, and, and there's a fellow called Nicodemus, and he's one of these Pharisees, and he's he's uh, he's had a little change. He's seen some of the things Jesus has done, and he says, "Man, I think he's the real deal," uh, but I think I, th- I think I need to go talk to this guy. But guess what? He goes and talks to him at night, so that he doesn't have to be seen, right? So he's 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 saying, "I I." I know this is—I know this is what I need to do. I I know I need to go talk to Jesus. It's just burning in me. I got got to talk to him. But if—but if people see me, I'm going to lose a lot. I'm going to lose everything because all my Pharisee friends will disown me. I won't have my power anymore. I won't have any more money. And so he goes to see Jesus at night, and he—and he says, "You know, teach me, Rabbi." And and Jesus says, his his response to him is, "You know, you have to—you have to give up yourself." And be reborn, in in the in the water and the spirit, and and uh, so Nicodemus is at this crossroads where he's he has to decide: is he going to be a wannabe or is he going to be real? Okay, and and it takes him a little while to make the decision. But but the cool part about him is is a little later on in in the in the in John, it's in seven, he uh, he makes his decision because when when the Pharisees are 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 uh, clamoring for Jesus to be arrested, Nicodemus steps up and he defends him. And he says, he says uh, um, you know, he's defending Jesus and saying, yeah, he is the Messiah, he's the real thing. So right at that moment, Nicodemus becomes real, right? He says he's made his choice. He's going to follow Jesus no matter what the cost. And so when we look in the Bible at, for, for examples of, of real Christians, you know, the, obviously, the 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 most real ones to me would be the disciples. They they knew what it was going to cost them to follow Jesus. They knew what it was going to cost them their living and probably their life, and they made that decision anyway. And and so, you know, when we're when we're out here in in today, we're making a decision: Am I going to be real or am I going to be a wannabe? Am I going to sit in here and and pretend? You know, so. So a wannabe Christian is, is, a, is a person, may, maybe you believe that Jesus is, is real. Maybe, maybe you believe that, uh, that knowing him and believing in him is going to get you to heaven. But that, that's, that's just like believing that, that uh, if I put a hat on, I'm a cowboy. It, it's the same thing. Okay? If you don't choose to follow at that point, you're not real at all. You're just you're just a poser. You're just a wannabe. Okay, and so I, you know, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to give up what you know. It's it's hard to to decide if 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 the cost is worth it. We're all in that decision making process. Um, The the disciples were real followers of Jesus, but they weren't perfect. They were far from perfect. There's example after example in the Bible. Of the mistakes they made. The cool part about them is they're just like a cowboy. They they got up and they went on and they they went at it again. I was at a branding yesterday. I got up at at four o'clock yesterday morning. Traveled two hours. Jared and I did, and and uh, and Phil and and branded all day for free. Does that make me a real cowboy? I don't know, but it was fun. But there's there's a bunch of guys. There was a couple of guys there at this branding that got bucked off. They got in some wrecks, and, and so they made some mistakes, but these guys got got back together, got right back on, rode in there, and roped another calf. So, you know, they they realized there was going to be a cost to doing that, and, and they went ahead and did it anyway. Um, <clears throat> me, myself, I've made a lot of mistakes in, in my cowboy career and, and in my Christian one. My cowboy career is a lot older than my Christian one, and so I'm making all kinds of new mistakes. And and one of the one of the things that uh, that happened to me is is I, I grew up in in a in a way that we were taught to be. I'll just lay it out: we were taught to be selfish. Okay, you take care of yourself. You you you're number one. Okay, you you take care of yourself. Everybody else comes comes last, and so in my adult life, I've spent most of my time accumulating things. I want I wanted stuff, okay? I needed stuff. Uh, for me, it's cowboy stuff, right? And and cowboy stuff isn't cheap. And and I always kept adding more and more. And even after I got married and had had koi, I didn't have koi. Kathy did. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, we, instead of, instead of, instead of making the cost, you know, giving up and and choosing to follow, I I kept wanting to add add more and more. So, so I was shoeing horses. I'm training horses. I'm giving lessons. I've got my own cows. I'm, I'm doing all this other stuff, day working, uh, Got a got summer job on a ran- another ranch, all this stuff, and I'm just adding to it and adding to it. And I'm and I was finding that I didn't have the time to number one to follow God, okay. Like I needed to. And and number two, to, to be the husband and, and father that I that I should have been. And so uh, when Kevin asked me to become director of Save the Cowboy, I said, sure, I'll take that on problem was I didn't give everything, anything up. There was no cost to me. I just said, yeah, I'll add one more thing. <laughs> Kathy, Kathy cried when she find, found out. She wasn't happy that I, that I was going to become director of Save the Cowboy because she knew that it was going to take me even further away from her. Okay? Um, and and, and it, wasn't, it wasn't something that was bringing me any closer to God either because now I just had more stuff to do, way more stuff. Okay. Now I'm like, I can't do, over the past few months, I haven't been able to do anything to the best of my ability. It's been, you know, whatever I can give to it. And, and so, I made, you know, Kathy has been great. She's she stuck with me, and, and she said a, uh, about a week ago, she said, you're not truly following God if you only got one foot in and one foot out. You're, you're still riding the fence. Because, cause see, I always want to have the contingency plan." I want to have the backup plan. For me, everything, I want it to go smoothly. I want to transition in and out of things. I, I don't want to just, you know, make a decision and, and have to live with it. I, I kind of want to make sure that I, I got a backup. And so uh, after, after had that, having that conversation with her, and then, and then Kevin hit me with a sledgehammer last weekend uh, with his sermon on, on truly following God, you know, I made the decision this week, I'm giving up my, my farrier business good i'm I'm done um, and i'm going to take that time i'm going to transition out of it a little bit just so just so the new guy can take over but uh i'm going i'm going to take that time that I was doing and that's my main source of income but i'm done with it because because i want i I want to take that time to not only uh do a better job for you guys with Save the Cowboy and this ranch ministry which which is gonna get huge, guys. It's gonna get big. Uh but also to, to be the husband I need to be to my wife and the father I need to be to my son. And I can't stand up here and and say I'm real if if I if I don't do something about it. I I'm a poser and I wanna be as much as anybody in my Christian life and, and that's gonna change. That changes now. And uh so you know, ask for your prayers on that, and and you know, guys out there, if, if you're on the fence about anything, uh, I I encourage you to pray about it, and you can talk to me about it or Kevin or anybody, and and say, hey, is this is what I'm doing, helping me get to God and and, and Jesus, or is it holding me back? Is it helping me with my family, or is it holding me back? Uh, because it's not worth it. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be poorer in in De Niro, but I'm going to be far richer going forward here, guys. So uh, thank you for the opportunity today to, to get up here and, and talk to you. And uh, um, I can't wait for Kevin to get back. <laughs> so let's pray. <clears throat> Excuse me. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity you've given me today to to spread your word. And and I hope that I've been able to glorify you and uh, and be real. I, I just pray that everybody out here can be real for you. Be real Christians. Be real cowboys. Be real in whatever you do. Help them get off the fence and make a decision to follow you. I ask a special blessing on Kevin, our leader, that they... We know, we know you have him, but, uh, but we want him back. And uh, he's hurting, and so are a lot of other people. And, and I just ask that you be with them. I ask that you open our hearts to you and, and let that light shine through us as, as we go about our week this week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.